live from Salt River Fields. Yeah, we are out here at Salt River Fields. Normally, we do Wolf and Down Your Lunch right now. We're going to do it in about 15 minutes. But uh, pleased to be joined by D-backs pitcher Kevin Ginkle. You know, he made the joke, Wolf, when he walked up. It's, it's all Kevin all the time now with Durant News. Kevin <laughs> Ginkle is going to be our guest right here. Um, we're about an hour away from first pitch between the D-backs and the White Sox. Kevin, what's going on, man? Nothing much, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, Got another ball game here today. The weather's a little warmer than the other day. I uh, played golf the other day, and it was so windy and cold. I'm like, where where am I? Yeah. <laughs> this is not Arizona weather. So how, how long have you lived here now in Arizona, Kevin? I've been here now for about seven years. Um, you know, I've kind of lived all over the valley now, um, and so I love it. I, I think... Uh, there's a lot of beautiful spots that I think a lot of people aren't familiar with. Obviously, a lot of people know Sedona and, and stuff, but um, you know, I've been wanting to check out like Pine Top. Yeah, um, I've heard there's some beautiful mountains up there. Uh, you know, when you get a little rain too, it snows. So um, that'd be another spot. I'd, have I'd you been to, check to out. Jerome? No, I've not. Oh no, I have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a great little town. Yes. Built literally on the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. So cool. I went there with my family uh, a couple of years ago. We did. Um, it was kind of like a New Year's trip, and I think they had a huge rainstorm come through. Obviously, it snowed up there, and uh, it was pretty unique experience seeing the Grand Canyon with all that snow. That was very on the cool. Um, pretty serene. Yeah, and this is—I mean, obviously the best time of year to be here too, with spring training and everything going on. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you're from San Diego, you get good weather. We, get, your whole we life. get good weather pretty much all the time. I know uh, this winter's been a little bit colder than most, and it's gotten a lot more rain. Um, I talked to my folks pretty often often and uh you know at least once a week they'll get a little rain here and there which i mean obviously it's been so dry out here over the number of years so it's kind of different i guess okay I, I, hold on did i see a blizzard warning in la last week is that a real thing you know i, I think that's true <laughs> yeah. um one of my teammates mentioned to me he said that they had snow i believe in redondo beach that's yes. weird very that's weird, weird right there yeah okay guys enough of the greetings and the salutations over there what about the pitch clock what yeah. is going on with that how is that going to affect you do you like it kevin ginkle i i actually don't mind it i i got a chance to pitch with it last year when i was in reno and um never had any pitch clock violations uh there were a couple times where i would have to step off because the clock was getting close and it was with the runner on base and i had to shake to another sign so um that part can get a little bit tricky but i think knowing the situation too like you get you know one disengagement i believe each at bat um and so I think for a lot of the guys that have been in the game longer, we'll have to adjust because, um, you know, I think once you get the ball back, the clock stops or starts. And, um, you know, you can't really go through your routine as quickly and as efficiently as as you want or as slow as you want. So um, I think the pitch clock will, will help games. Um, it just depends on the situations, too, because there's the first game I pitched in, uh, the uh, it was, you know, kind of a slugfest in a way. Like guys were hitting the ball over the yard and pitchers couldn't really get into the routine so um it can be hit and miss but i think the last few games i've seen the games have gone by much quicker so um i think fans are starting to notice that a little bit more yeah kevin ginkle joining us it was yesterday's game was like just over two hours that's almost jarring we were sitting here and we were 20 minutes into the game and we were already in the bottom of the second inning Mm -hmm. um you kind of said it right there is this it seems extreme right now but is it something that we're just going to see growing pains this season and two or three years from now it's we're going to look back like Oh, yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, I, I think anytime you get new rules, there is an adjustment period. And thankfully for us, we get spring training to kind of 
work out the kinks a little bit. And so um, I saw the other day that I think the Red Sox and Braves were playing, and it was like a bases loaded situation, and uh, the hitter didn't get in the box in time, and it was a full count, strike three. The umpire ruled it, and um, you know it was kind of one of those weird situations. I think they went into the tenth, or I, I had no idea what happened after that. But um, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how teams win or lose with that clock. And um, you know, like if you have a situation like that, and you know you lose a game because you couldn't deliver a pitch in time, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that's going to so be ugly. Just, It'll be weird. Just for the record, just so you know, I, I can't stand it. You know, we've been playing baseball for 150 years, and this is the first generation that said it's just too long. It is. It's, yeah. You know, I I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I really don't. It drives me crazy. But that's two pitchers on the D-backs that have told you they're okay with that's it. That's right. Jameson said the same right. thing yesterday. That, yeah, right. And we'll see what happens, too, when they get into some big, high-leverage situations right. as well, where you might want to think about what it is right. that you're doing a little bit more. But anyways, we'll see on that. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to have the most issues with the pitch clock, Kevin? Uh, I, don't do wanna, I don't want to name any names. You guys, don't, you guys are putting me on the spot here. Uh, Isn't there anybody? I mean, it, there's got to be somebody that does not like it, that is making everyone yeah. in the clubhouse know they don't like it. I think, um, like I said, I think a lot of the veteran guys that have been in the game for a long time, um, I'm sure you guys would know, like, those guys are adjusting to it. And, um, you know, they've had to throw a few more live batting practices to get used to it. And, um, you know, I think the game, like you said, has been a certain way for so long. And, you know, Machado talked about it the other day about, you know, him saying, like, I'm going to fall behind 0-1 a lot because, you know, I like to take my time going through my routine after each pitch. And so I think um, there's just a a level of, um, you know, adjustment. And, you know, I think guys are kind of figuring it out as we go. And um, for me, I know, too, it's like I want to be able to work quickly but not too quickly. And so knowing where the clock is when I come set – is kind of my, my my thing that I need to work on. So it's, it's just going to take a little time. Mm. We're talking to Kevin Ginkle. Uh, Kevin, we had Merrill Kelly up here yesterday, and Wolf and I were talking before he got up here. We're like, you know, everybody's excited in spring, but there's a little extra buzz around this team. And then Merrill Kelly said the same thing before we even asked him about it, that he's, he's you know, especially excited about this year's team. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way too? And, and, and if so, what is it about this year's team? I think uh, there's a lot of players that are hungry um, than what we've had. I think in years past, and, and there's a change of kind of uh, the guard in a way. We're a young team, um, and I think at the position player level, we got a lot of guys that can do some special things. Um, and so I think that brings a lot of excitement and energy to the clubhouse every day. I think uh, there's going to be uh, different ways in how we're going to win, I think, this year. Um, you know, we're not the New York Yankees who are going to mash the ball over the ballpark, but we're going to try and run on guys. We're going to try and uh, find ways to win games and it's going to come down to you know bullpen starting pitching defense um, a lot of the fundamentals that I think we're really good with um, I think uh, is going to help us and go a long way this year and who knows what happens you know September time come, comes around you know we might be in a playoff on we don't know so. evaluate last year for yourself as a professional athlete this is what you do evaluate last year and where are you trying to go this year how are you trying to get better as a team or uh, you. Me individually. I, For me, I think um, 
you know, I went through kind of a, a weird stretch uh, a couple of years ago, going through an injury and uh, fighting to get back into the big leagues. And uh, thankfully, I, you know, I did that. And, um, you know, my debut back was a great start. And then um, I think, you know, my stuff has always been really good. I think it's now harnessing that and developing a little more feel with my pitches, uh, learning to take uh, better care of myself, you know, day in and day out. And, um, you know, I've been working on a new pitch this, this spring training. I'm not going to say what it is, but um, I think it's going to give me a lot better, uh, it, you know, opportunities to get guys out. And um, I think um, each time I get on the mound and I get on the bump, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I think I'm genuinely excited. And there's a lot um, that I've been putting into this offseason. And um, I'm excited for this year, for me individually and as a team. So, um, you know, just take it one day at a time. Like, oh, old cliche. <laughs> well, Kevin, I think we're all excited about this year, man. Thank you for the time and good luck, yeah. all right? Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You, That's Kevin Ginkle joining us right there when we come back. Kevin Durant is in. Wolfing Down Your Lunch is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas's ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thanks to Kevin Ginkle for joining us. Zach Allen's going to join us shortly. Josh Rojas is going to join us in a little bit, Wolf. We're out here at Salt River Field, but got to get to Wolf and Down Your Lunch today of all days because there is one specific big story. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? I can't wait to say this because I've been, you know, preaching to the whole world that this needed to happen since, what, June? Wolf was on his vacation when we found out that KD requested his trade out of Brooklyn, and I wanted to get his thoughts, and he was like, stop bugging me. It's not happening. So It was even before that. You brought it up before Katie even requested it. Wolf laughed at you and then went on vacation for two months. I mean, Wolf. I know. Yes. What's your point? It's Kevin Durant. It's Kevin Durant. So Stop it. Kevin Durant is expected to make his Phoenix Suns debut tomorrow night in Charlotte. So how is he feeling? He told Dwayne Rankin today. I feel great. I mean, I'm looking forward to... Uh Get this opportunity to play again. It's been a long time. I was having fun out there before I got injured, so look forward to going out there and picking up where I left off. And I want to know I ain't going to be that smooth. I know I'm, it's going to take me some time to get used to everything early on, but as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game, look forward to going out again. I feel like it's a new era of Suns basketball tomorrow. When KD hits the floor, what do you guys think? How excited are you? No, it is. I mean, you. <laughs> What is it now? Like 30, 20, 29 hours away when that game starts, everything changes. I don't think I'm overstating it. You now enter an era where the Phoenix Suns are the favorites to win the title or at least get there. They are going to be viewed a lot differently nationally because you have Kevin Durant. And Chris Paul is not everybody's, you know, every fan favorite around the National Basketball Association. But for the most part, we kind of fly under the radar here, Wolf, even when our teams are really good. Even two years ago when the Suns went to the NBA Finals, kind of flying under the radar. There's no more flying under the radar as at 5 o'clock tomorrow. 
No, there is not. You know, and I'm not trying to avoid your question, Mal. I really am not. But I love what he said right there about getting lost in the game. Getting lost in the game. Think about it. You're you're Kevin Durant. You're KD. You're one of the best 10 basketball players to ever play the game. You are a living, walking, talking legend for the most part right now. And his only respite when he gets... In his comfort zone. It's on the court. It's when he's actually competing, when he's actually playing. That, get lost in that. Everything else is all talk and speculation and expectation. On the court, it's the actual do part of it. That's great. Love that comment by KD. Dwayne Rankin also asked KD what he can provide right away versus what could take some time. This is my versatility. I know that can help me in a lot of different areas when both on the court. Being able to shoot the ball from different areas of the floor can help me even if I don't, might not know every small subtlety in the play. Uh, I can still try to figure it out, you know, just by movement and stuff. And, you know, they've been guys been great integrating me in all the sets and had a long practice so we can figure some stuff out. So it's been fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to try to get some, uh, some uh, you know, translate that over to the floor and uh, see how we can keep building. What's his stat line tomorrow night, guys? Give me a prediction. I'm going to go 26, 9, and 7. I'm going to say he flirts with a triple-double. Okay. No pressure. Just because I don't know what his minutes restriction is going to be. I mean, here's the thing. Kevin Durant could drop 45 in any game. That's 100% on the table. Yes. Um, I'm going 30. Um, I'll go 8. Okay. And um, 7. All right. 38 and 7 right there. What I want to know, though, how many possessions before he scores? Okay, how many possessions before oh, he scores? that's the real game. That's what I'd really love to know. Will, will the it very take two first possession? The, the very first Phoenix Suns possession offensively? Does he score a bucket there? Is it the second? What happens if they actually get to the fourth possession and he is not scoring? <laughs> I'm just that's saying. That's not going to happen. I, I know. I know. We've never seen a scorer like this. It's one of the reasons why uniform. I continue to ask the question, are they going to try to force it? Get it out of the way. Just get it out of the way. Just get the first bucket out of the way, please. This is where I, I, I think people look, people watch Kevin Durant, but if, if you're just if you mainly just watch the Suns and you don't really care that much about the rest of the NBA, which is totally fine, I think people are gonna be caught off guard by how big Kevin Durant is. So when you say are they gonna run a possession for him, they don't have to. All those plays that the that Suns fans get frustrated with DA and they're like, man, he couldn't get that rebound. Durant's basically as big as him. He's almost as big as him. He's going to get the ball whether they run a play for him in the first couple plays yeah, or okay. not. Okay, so is he going to defer to Devin Booker? Or is he going to take the shot? What I, you, I think what? he will score within the first minute and a half. Okay, but, well, well, again, uh, you could have four possessions it's in fine. the first minute. And he and might half. score eight points in the first minute and a half of the game. Well, and Kevin Durant also spoke about on his chemistry with Devin Booker carrying over from the Olympics. Yeah, it's a different setting, different game, um, different game plan, but. You know, when you got guys that are veterans in the league and high IQ, you can, you can figure it out. I remember when when the, the story came out that Booker was going to be part of Team USA. Everybody being like, hey, you know what? This is one of those things that's good for him, right? Good for Booker. Yeah. But it's also 
It's also just good. It's just good to have him around those guys, to have those guys around Devin Booker, because he's he's not the sort of player that other players are like, man, I don't like that guy. I don't get along with him. Everybody that, that is around Devin Booker in the league seems to, at the very least, respect his game, and most of them seem to like him. So it's it's not the worst thing in the world to have a player like that almost be an ambassador for your team oh, around yeah. the best players in, in, the, in the league. Yeah, so many fans out there are saying, you like us. You really like us. When Devin Booker, of course, was suddenly into the All-Star game and into the All-Star mix and hanging out with the likes of a Kevin Durant. Team USA is different, though. Do you really think Kevin Durant's on this team if Devin Booker's not on this team? I don't. If De- if he if Devin Booker's not on the Suns, I don't think Kevin Durant's. No, that's yeah. No, of course. Yeah. I'm just saying though, getting the Devin Booker getting the acknowledgement yes. of so many people out there. The fans absolutely love that. For me, it was for Devin Booker himself to be hanging out with the likes of a Kevin Durant. Whether it was at an All Star game, whether it was Team USA, whatever it was, the fact that he was getting acknowledged as one of the best basketball players in the world. I loved it for him, the fact that he was hanging with these guys. And suddenly, you can learn a lot from a guy that you respect. The other thing, Kevin Durant on the Boardroom Network, on his podcast, he discussed playing for Monty Williams and Monty's coaching style. He, he just likes coaching. You yeah. know, and I, I can appreciate that. Like, he's like teaching, you know, and, and the, the attention to detail is something I try to focus on when I'm playing. So if I can get that at all times, like in every area, the aspect of the game, that's always better. So when you got a coach that's, you know, we going through film, we watch, we walking through stuff on the floor, that only can help, you know, so I'm looking forward to being coached by him and, you know, trying to, you know, give him a, a piece that can that he can work with on the floor to, to do different things, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I'm excited about working with Monty. You know, I like his energy for the game. Like, he feel like he look like he can still hoop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that should be fun. Can I just reiterate how happy I am that they got Durant and not Kyrie? <laughs> I'm never going to believe they were seriously in on that. I'm just never going to believe that was a real thing. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Dallas. It felt like it was a setup to then get Durant. (laughs) I mean, I was just thinking the exact same thing listening to that right there. Um, Wow. Yeah, this guy, uh, boy, I, I think I can say with certitude that I was absolutely wrong when it came to Kevin Durant and the drama surrounding Kevin Durant. Let's hope I was dead wrong, that it was others around him that was creating the drama and not KD. A major question has been who will be the fifth starter with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton? So, who will it be? Monty Williams has said that Josh Akogi or Tory Craig will get the start partly based on matchups. There you go. Well, that's that's exactly what we said. Wow. There it is. I that, did not expect to be that's right. That's really what you said. I thought it was going to be Josh Akogi. Um, and I'm okay. Sometimes it will be with that. I love Tory Craig as well. It, so It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you you have you basically have 
You basically have a four-man starting lineup, which which is absurd compared to most teams' five-man starting lineup. So in that fifth spot, why wouldn't you rotate in guys? Specifically, Akogi and Torrey Craig make the most sense right now based on who you're playing, based on who has the hot hand, yeah. based on how the rest of the team's going and what you might need more or less of going into a game. The fifth starter, I mean, to me, that makes it pretty clear that that's your five and your six right sure. there. Sure. Torrey Craig and, and, and Josh Akogi. So... Those are nice players. They're not Kevin Durant's. All right, uh, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, we're out here at Salt River Fields. I think the clouds just moved. Game's about to start in uh, about a half hour. Zach Gallen is going to join us up here next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, live from Salt River Fields, on your home for Arizona Diamondbacks baseball, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, we're going to be joined by Zach Gallen here shortly. Get a little windy up here. Wolf. Yeah, it is. A little dust up. It's a little, uh, it doesn't look windy down there on the field, though. They're getting ready to play this game here in about half hour. I assume Zach Gallen's not pitching because he's going to come up here and talk to us here shortly. Well, we are kind of up in the perch right here in left field. Are we not? Um, looking at the foul pole, eye to eye, level to level, so it's a lot as my old masonry uncles used to say. It's, uh, it's a lot different when you're facing the field as you are today. Yes. <laughs> Yesterday being like the one time in the history of Wolf that you forgot a hat, and it was the one time you ever truly needed a hat. You just can't even imagine. Uh, if you got a tomato, take it out of your refrigerator and just look at it right there, because that's exactly what my face looked like. I don't know. Maybe you just leave them on the counter the way the Warrior Queen does, where they just seem to rot so much faster on the counter. I don't know. It drives me crazy. Yeah, but I guess I, from what I've been told, they taste better if you don't put them in the fridge. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Something about they're more flavorful. Anyway, this is really not the, uh, the the main story today. The main story, and you just heard it in uh, in, in Jem's update, that clip of Kevin Durant talking uh, to Dwayne Rankin and, and saying, I haven't felt pain in a while in that knee. <laughs> That's kind of what okay. we were hoping earlier in the show, Wait. right? That that he can you define a while for me, please? <laughs> define a while because we've been waiting, of course, for you. you Got to go on the. Uh, I haven't felt any pain whatsoever. It's been really, really good. Okay, I understand. You wanted to. You wanted to be very cautionary in regard to Kevin Durant and bringing him along in his rehab. I understand that a hundred percent. That's what we were hoping for, though, right? I mean, you don't you don't want to get to a point where it's like, yeah, you know, we got to push it to get him back. You you want to be at a point, and I know I just spent 20 minutes earlier in the show talking about how much I hate load management, and I do, but I think there is a difference between being careful with a guy coming back from an actual injury. Yes. And I've played eight games in a row. My heel is sore. I need yes. to sit. That's right. a little bit different. So I, I think ideally this is the right way to do it, especially because the Suns have been burned a couple times this season, bringing guys back and then they get re-injured in that first game. And so now you've, if, if what KD said right there is, when he says a while, he means, you know, a week, a two, three weeks or yeah. whatever, then I think you've done this. You've played it safe. That's the right way to do it. You've got 20 games left starting tomorrow night. I don't know if he plays in all 20 of the regular season, but as long as he gets in there like 15, 16 of them and you get to put this team around him, you're going to be peaking at the right time. 
which was the goal all along. Yes, the the best part of this show so far has been the breaking news sounder, the breaking news sounder that was followed up by confirmation from the Phoenix Suns that Kevin Durant was going to play tomorrow night. That was so far. That was the best part of this show right now. I like that. It might have been the best part of the week anyway. <laughs> Any for anybody. Um, I like it that it's from the Suns too. It's not somebody exactly so and so reporting that they think that they've heard this. Like, no, it's the team. You know, it's. I, I know it's sacrilege to many Suns fans out there to talk like this, but I can't help but look at the defense and the defensive side of the ball and wonder if, in a weird kind of way, could the Phoenix Suns actually be a better defensive team with Kevin Durant? Um, the, the way that Monty is going to use them. Will they all play on a string? Will they play cohesively? Will they be a better rebounding team with Kevin Durant? I don't even know. It seems sacrilege to say when you're talking about Mikel Bridges for the crying out loud. Could they possibly be better? We're going to see. Well, ideally, they're a better team top to bottom. That's why you just traded away Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and a bunch of picks to uh, to get Kevin Durant. And Maybe we'll notice it on defense, or maybe it'll just simply be they're scoring so many points a game that uh, it doesn't ultimately matter. Either way, it's going to be fun. It's officially starting tomorrow. We don't have to speculate anymore. And now we can talk a little baseball because uh, one nice. of the best pitchers in baseball just sat down next to us. Zach Gallen is here. Zach, what's going on, man? How are we doing? How are we doing? We're doing, doing good, Zach. You, uh, you ended up being a friend of the show last year. You were on quite a few times, and every time we talked to you, your season kept getting better. So did you have a chance in the offseason to kind of sit back and reflect and be like, all right, this is this is going the way I want it to go? Yeah, I felt like you guys were on speed dial last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I did. Uh, it, it was it was fun. Uh, first six weeks, I guess, after the season, I had a bunch of weddings and bachelor parties and whatnot, so I really didn't even get to sit down and kind of digest it all. Um, but once that all slowed down, I, I did... Um, have a little time just to digest it all, but um, you know the grind never stops. So yeah. I try not to, you know, rest on my laurels. Zach, what do you think is your next step in your career right now? Do you ever think about this stuff, or is are you just trying to be the best pitcher you can be? Yeah, that's kind of what the the day to day goal is. Um, obviously, there's other things that you know come into factor. Um, you know, I'd love to, to win a Cy Young. I'd love to win a, a World Series. Um, you know, specifically here. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just trying to be the best I could be. That day, um, and just keep getting better. I, my thing is, it, if you stay stagnant in this game, you've lost. Um, so that's my day-to-day goal: is just not be stagnant. Just try and add something each day. We're talking to Zach Gallen. Zach, you've never struck me as, as much of an individual stats guy, especially wins, because you really can't control that as a pitcher unless you have six straight starts where you don't give up a single run. That obviously helps. But you know, the first couple of years of your career, you were pitching really well. You weren't getting the wins. Last year, you finally got to see some of those too. I mean, that's got to be nice on some level. Yeah. For sure. I mean, um, yeah, like you said, as a pitcher, you know, starts. It's hard to control the wins per se, just because you know now now guys aren't throwing eight nine innings. To, to sh- shift it a little bit, um, but at the same time, you know, I've talked to Tori about it and just other pitching coaches is like, you get deeper in these games, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, like those are when you earn wins. Um, so I felt like last year, um, you know, started pitching deeper into the game, just giving us a shot to win. Um, you know, maybe throwing that extra inning where the team. You know, squeaks one across, and it's one nothing or two to one or whatever it is. Um, so those 
I felt like a lot of the games last year were like, you know, maybe I got into that seventh inning and was, was allowed, you know, the offense could come up, score a run, and I could, you know, maybe steal a win here or there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, my, my goal when I'm out there is to give the team a chance to win just the game. Uh, for me, it's, it's kind of funny that the new age of, of baseball and whatnot, the win is kind of, you know, whatever you call it. It's, yeah. it's not as huge as it was back in the day. So what did you do in the offseason specifically to train? And did you do anything differently? No, I didn't. Uh, actually, I, I did. Uh, I started my throwing program a little bit earlier. Um, in years, years past, I've kind of done take about eight to ten weeks off. And as I'm, I'm getting a little bit older now, a little bit more mileage on my arm, I've noticed that I don't, I don't have the ability just to kind of roll out of bed and just let it rip. So I kind of have to uh, start a little earlier so that way I could build up a little bit slower. So that's that's pretty much the only thing I really did any, any different. Um, I really, you know, didn't really try to add anything. I tried to just continue on what what I did last year um, and just you know keep going with that that mentality. Um, I, I've learned in, in years past. I've tried to maybe add a thing or two that I probably shouldn't have added. Um, so just with age, it's come of you know maybe let's if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of yeah. mantra. Talking to Zach Gallon, you you seem like one of those like smart pitchers though that you can pitch into your forties if you want, right? Because you're always going to make those adjustments. I mean, you've got you've got 20 years. I feel like before you have to worry about that. I, I would love to. Um, yeah, I would love to pitch till I'm I'm 40. Um, I, I, I guess I wouldn't put a number out. I'd, I'd love to pitch to the point where I, I could call it myself. Um, you know, you'd be able to. I think that's a, a testament to you know the greats that you've seen that they're able to just they give the jersey back now that they take the jersey from them. Um, so yeah, I mean to put an age on it. I don't know. I, I wouldn't really think about it, but yeah, just to be able to pitch and, and my body holds up and, you know, be able to call it when I want to call it. What about the pitch clock? Would you please calm me down on the pitch clock? <laughs> I, what, what do you think, Zach Allen, of the pitch clock? Would you be surprised if I told you this the third time somebody asked me today? <laughs> I would not be only, surprised. Only <laughs> I just I, I just want to know because it, it, it has always been the tempo of the game that I love so much as a former NFL player playing the game of football. I loved how disparate baseball was from football and the mindset and the mentality and the pace. And, of course, now it's changing. Yeah, I, I mean, for me personally with the pitch clock, um, I'm, I'm trying not to consider myself with it too much uh, I'm really just understanding it's there it's obviously going to be an adjustment but I've kind of come into this as the more I worry about the pitch clock and disengagements and all that stuff the more I'm going to you know kind of freak myself out so I'm just thinking alright just got to be a little bit quicker um, you know can't pick over to first so I, I, for that sense I, I'm like whatever it's, there's going to be some bumps so we're just going to deal with it uh, in terms of the game as a whole I, I mean we'll see I think you know the, the minor leagues did what they did this year and and, you know, the game sped up a little bit, a little bit quicker. Um, you know, hopefully that, that makes it a little bit more enjoyable for the fans. Uh, personally, I'm kind of the thought of you come to baseball and it's, you know, you sign up for. You sign up for three hours like that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, some games get long. I mean, as, even as a player, yes. you're in there and you're like, man, these games are long. But, you know, the, the that's the game. But, I mean, that's that's the, the nature of the beast today. Everyone wants the instant gratification. They want it quick. They want it. So I get, you got to adapt just like anything else. There's a, and there's always a buzz this time of year, right? But there's a, a pretty good buzz around this team specifically this year that maybe hasn't been quite uh, quite as noticeable the last couple of years in terms of what you guys could do in the standings and some of the exciting players you have. And you're obviously a part of that, man, because you had a, a ridiculous season last year. Yeah, I, I for me, I've kind of 
there's definitely been a lot of positive buzz. That's that's for sure, which is good. I mean, that's better than having a you know come in the year and go, well, you know, let's beat the alternative. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we've had a couple of those in the last couple of years where you're kind of like, I don't know. What, what, let's let's see what happens. Like, yeah, obviously you start the year and you go, yeah, we're gonna do it this year. But I think there's some legitimate you know reasons to think that like you know this this could be a, a fun year. But for me, I I, I just don't want us to get. Um, yeah, for lack of a better word, complacent. Yeah. I've been kind of watching that, um, the Kobe interview where they ask him and he's like, it's, you know, you're up 2-0 in, this, in the, you know, finals or whatever. And he's just like, what's it to be happy about? Like, job's not finished. So, like, I, don't get me wrong. We, we ended on a, on a great note last year and starting to get these guys up here and comfortable. But, I mean, we still got two beasts in this division that, um, you know, it loaded up pretty well this offseason. So, yeah. I think we're going to have a tall task ahead of us. But... I'd be lying if I if I said you know I I think the guys in there are, are up to the challenge. Are you adding anything this year? Are you adding a pitch this season? No, shockingly, this is the first year I think I'm not adding. <laughs> That's why I asked, right? Yeah, I. You know what's funny is um, I didn't add anything um, by design, really. I uh, just maybe some things are maybe moving a little bit differently, maybe tinkering with grips, but nothing that I was like, all right, I'm I'm doing something different this year. Um, and going back to that part of you know playing until you know I get older, forty, whatever. My thought was always to try and stay ahead of the game. So I was working on stuff to, you know, maybe when I'm 35, I need to start adding a sinker. I need to start adding whatever. So I always wanted to have that feel for things. And this year I thought or maybe, you know, one offseason we just work on, like, what we got and just try and make that better and then we'll, you know, see what happens down the road. So yeah, this is the first offseason I haven't really tried to add anything. Very cool. Crazy. Well, Zach, we appreciate the time, as always, man. You're basically like the third host of the show and it seemed to work out pretty well for everybody last year. So we appreciate yeah, it. Alright, let's keep it really going. Really appreciate yeah. you, Thanks, Zach. Guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to see you again. That's, uh, that's Zach Gallen joining us right there. When we come back, we'll get into a little bit of football and obviously some Kevin Durant talk as well. Monty Austin Ford says the phone lines are open. If you want that number three pick, we'll describe that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. Thanks to uh, Zach Gallen for joining us there. His uh, his first appearance on the show this season. I, I think I think we clocked him at four appearances last season. That's our dude right there. That's, you know, that's a pretty good. That's a good uh, player to have on your uh, on your roster as like your, your third host of your show. He was so good last year. So good last year, and one of the reasons why I am optimistic for this season. He's. He's one of those Taveran, as Robert Jordan in the Wheel of Time used to say, where the the Wheel of Time would wrap around Taveran. One of those people that are special. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, though, it might be what he was thinking, <laughs> because he seems to have that cerebral thought process. Google it, uh, my young crooks. Uh, so we got baseball, and we're going to talk to Josh Rojas here in a little bit. We're out here at Salt River Fields. Uh, we're going to talk football in a second, Wolf, but we I just I want to keep making sure anybody getting in their car that maybe haven't, you know, been listening for 15 minutes or whatever. Kevin Durant's playing tomorrow. That is not that is not us saying, hey, I hope Kevin Durant no, the Phoenix Suns have said Kevin Durant is playing in the game against the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow. I, I don't think I can Man. mention that enough. And, and We had Merrill Kelly on yesterday when he got up off the air. That was the first thing he said. He's like, man, I'm, I'm excited when, whenever Kevin Durant's going to get going here, right? I mean, this is this, we're talking about somebody who is big enough that it's sort of, it, it goes over all sports. Like, 
everything's about to change tomorrow when Kevin Durant gets in that lineup. And um, this is a, a piece of him talking to Dwayne Rankin today. And I think this is music to your ears if you're a Suns fan. It's not like he's kind of still dealing with knee pain. It sounds like it's been a couple weeks since he had any of that. Well, it's like another session of just playing, just get to play against some of the guys. And I just wanted to, I wanted to get a few sessions of that before I can just put myself out there. I haven't felt pain in my knee uh, in a couple weeks, um, but it's just a matter of ramping my body up and getting, getting you know, used to that, that bump and grind and just playing the game again, just playing against the defenders again. You know? So I needed that under my belt, and I'm glad I got it. We had a great practice today, so just keep building, man. Keep stacking days. Boy, that is good news right there. If he has not felt pain in that knee for a couple of weeks, that is really, really good news. And hopefully this is not going to be an issue going forward. Um, you know, it's amazing. Even Kevin Durant, with all his gifts, with all his talents, um, as a professional athlete, whenever you suffer an injury that will set you back, especially the length of time that this injury has set KD back, um, you you do. You you, you question yourself when you first get out there. Tomorrow night, he's going to be thinking about that knee and questioning as to whether or not he's feeling anything in that knee. It's just human nature that you do that. And as a professional athlete, you need to monitor your own body. And he's going to be doing that tomorrow night. But it sounds like everything's going to go well because if he hasn't felt any pain in that knee, man, that's a good sign going into tomorrow. The NFL Draft. News on number three. Draft coverage. Live, local, late breaking. Yeah, I would say this qualifies as news on that number three pick. Wolf, this is Monty Ossenfort, the guy in control of that number three overall pick uh, at the Combine today talking about it. You know, it's a, it's a position that I hope that we're not in uh, too many more years. You know, it's a, it's it's one of those that it, uh, it presents an opportunity that there's going to be a good player there for us to take at number three. And so we'll be prepared to, to pick a player at number three. You know, and we'll also, uh, our, our phones will be open and, and I'm open to hearing any conversation about anybody that's willing to willing to come up and so you know I think with that number three pick it's a it's an opportunity to add a player it's an opportunity to potentially get some calls on that pick um, you know and ultimately we're, we'll, we'll make the best decision for us at the time but it, you know unfortunately when we when we lose that that those games that it presents that number three pick and one we don't want to be in again but we'll deal with it and it presents a good opportunity for us. Your thoughts on that, Loke? It's uh, it's about what I expect from Monty Austin Fort. Now, look, we obviously don't know him. He's only been on the job for a few weeks. But the background he comes from, also the job in front of him, he's not looking at a team that's like, hey, if you just had one edge rusher, you would have been in the Super Bowl last year. They got 31 free agents off a team that won four games last year. So he's got a lot of holes to fill on this team. It makes a lot of sense that, especially given his background with the Patriots, I'm just going to set my phone right here, and if you want to just pick it up and put your number in there, if you want that number three overall pick, uh, I'll give you a call. Yeah, we knew at some point in time this was going to happen, and this is a good time for that to happen. 
You're talking about the NFL Combine. You're at the center of the football universe right now. Now, it's not to the degree in which it used to be where there was this cattle call of coaches, um, scouts, player personnel, front office personnel. I mean, it, it just used to be ridiculous. Now they've trimmed it down a little bit in the National Football League. There are some teams that don't send coaches anymore like they used to send to the Combine. Um, it's interesting to me the paradigm shift that has happened in the game of football. But know this, Space audience, it's still the center of the football universe at this point, right now, where the Combine is going on. And because of that, I love the fact Monty Ford got up in front of a microphone and said, number three is for sale. Come get it if you want it. Well, there are some scenarios, too, where that number three pick is a lot more valuable to other teams than it might seem at first glance to the Cardinals, right? And that's what you want. Even if you end up keeping the pick, you want the option of teams being like, boy, we really need that pick. We can move up and get a quarterback. All the focus has been on Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud so far, but you know how this is. There's going to be other quarterbacks that wow people at the Combine. There's going to be teams so desperate for a quarterback that they're going to want to move up and get somebody. And If Stroud and Young are the first two picks, if the Bears trade that pick, uh, and, and those are the first two guys off the board, it's not like I think teams are going to be clamoring to get one specific guy at number three, but they might. Teams get desperate for quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure somebody is going to be willing to trade up to number one to take C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Oh, I just said I... they, they each have question marks, some serious question marks. That's interesting. That are there. Now, now, listen, having said that, I want to be totally fair, Luke. Kyler Murray, when Kyler Murray came out, there were question marks yeah, surrounding Kyler Murray. they didn't Kyler have to trade Murray. up to get him. Okay, but no, the Arizona Cardinals did not have to trade up to get him. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have to trade up to number one to take C.J. Stroud. Oh, boy, he's got some. There's a little, there's more than one detractor on C.J. Stroud. There's more than one doubter or one person who is going to think to himself, man, I wonder if he really is going to be able to master the NFL game. That's, you know, again, that is the question mark that hangs over him. Now, physically, physically, he's got every tool you could possibly want. Have we seen guys come into the league and playing quarterback that had every tool you could possibly imagine? Look, yes, we have. Okay, and Bryce Young, on the other hand, Bryce Young is not the monolith you want at quarterback. As a matter of fact, he's very, very slim to the point where Dave Pash is walking up alongside of Bryce Young and saying, man, I think I could take him. Okay, <laughs> he say, Maybe he looked at him. He though. did, he not, did say not say that. Say that. But you, you get my point. They have question marks, and because of that, I don't know. I just don't know if somebody's trading up to number one. I expect the Bears right now to draft a player, and that's the best scenario that I think could happen for the Cardinals, because now you have probably the Texans at two, taking one of those quarterbacks, and there's number three and those, with the other. Those quarterbacks are pretty even in the sense that some teams like Young, some teams like Stroud. And history shows, usually in these scenarios, one of them ends up being really good, and one of them is just kind of, all right, so uh, we'll see, but you're right. The best case scenario for the Cardinals is the Bears just taking Jalen Carter 
at number one overall. And then you can either take Will Anderson or you can trade that pick. And that is interesting. They can almost kind of undercut the Bears and be like, we're not asking what the Bears are asking. You just move up to number three, you'll <laughs> That's probably exactly get one of those right. Uh, all right, when we come back, Kevin Durant's debut is officially tomorrow. Who on this team is it going to impact the most? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.